Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the 33rd episode on May 11th, 2021. Let's talk about pests and plants. Not only can you listen to the podcast, you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And go check out the blog posts that are associated with all these podcasts as well. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast, my blog, and social media posts. You can also help support your favorite podcast and blog by joining me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you just can't get enough Houseplant Homebody, don't forget I send a monthly newsletter on the first of every month with also exclusive content and some updates on what happened the previous month. All right, let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by my fiance, Peter. Even though he doesn't fully understand my houseplant addiction, he's always been very supportive of the work that goes into Houseplant Homebody and continues encouraging me to keep doing what I'm doing. So thank you, Peter. Love you. All right. So pests and plants, people. This is a topic that I have always wanted to tackle because I do know a good chunk of things to do if I need to, but I just didn't know a bunch of details or different options. So let's get into it. I have six different pests that I will be going over and some of the information is a bit repetitive simply because the treatment and prevention options for a lot of these are very similar. So this should be a little bit faster podcast than the normal ones. So you know, as much as we all love houseplants, pests are really honestly inevitable, And but it shouldn't discourage you from getting houseplants. Pest problems are somewhat preventable for some things, but also if you catch it at an early stage, you can easily eradicate it. This podcast and the blog post that I have will go over all those different types of pests that I listed, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, what they are, what they do, how you know you have them, treatment and prevention, and a little bit of my experience with them. So let's start out with spider mites, which are honestly the ones that I, well, one of the ones I probably hate the most. So spider mites are little tiny white, yellow, black, or red mites that actually suck the sap from new growth out of your houseplants. And these mites are rapidly producing new little babies in a very short period of time. So catching them at an early stage is really important for your plant's health. These aren't harmful to people or pets, so that's good. They usually tend to just stay on your houseplants. So there are a few ways you know you have them. So they are very, very small, sometimes naked to the visible eye. But if you're checking your plant, sometimes you will see a very light, almost really fine webbing, similar to a spider web, but it's not as thick. Sometimes if you missed your plant and you kind of look over your plant, you notice there's like a shimmering and the water droplets are stuck in midair. Sometimes that is a spider mite web. Also, if you don't see webbing, you can take a white piece of paper and press the leaf, the back of the leaf on that white piece of paper and you'll end up seeing tiny little black dots on the paper. That will usually be an indication you have spider mites. So that's a couple of ways to know you have it. Another way, which is kind of a little too late at this point probably, is if you have leaf discoloration, usually it'll fade to a white or yellow, which is really the damage from the spider mites or your leaves might even be wilted. So for me, 
I had a Duranta that has spider mites, but I didn't know it. So I was watering it and it does tend to wilt pretty pretty soon after I water it. So I just thought it needed to be watered. I watered it and two days later it looked the same. And I went over there and sure enough, there were spider mites on it. That is one way, another way that you might be able to tell you have spider mites. There are several ways to treat spider mites and it really just depends on the severity of it and what you want to do personally. You can trim off the heavily infested leaves and stems. That's not a singular thing. You're going to have to add that in conjunction with some other things, but that's a good place to start. Another place to start is giving your plant a shower or spraying it outside with the hose, which can dislodge a lot of the spider mites and the webs. And again, showering it is not the only thing you should probably do, but it will get rid of or at least dislodge a lot of what's there. You can spray it with insecticidal soap. So I use a Bonide product called, I think it's insecticidal soap or super insecticidal soap or something like that. I linked it on my blog post and I would spray that probably about once a week. If you don't want to use insecticidal soap, it's also recommended that you could use water, oil, and soap mixture about once a week. So the Complete Houseplant Survival Manual recommends one tablespoon or 15 milliliters of dishwashing soap, one tablespoon or 15 milliliters of vegetable oil or canola or corn oil, and two quarts or two liters of lukewarm water mixed together and that can be sprayed onto the leaves in a similar situation as insecticidal soap. I've also seen people using neem oil instead of a vegetable oil and using soap, neem oil, and water in a spray solution as well. The next option I think is if you have a ton of houseplants that are all infested with spider mites and you're trying to get rid of them from all of the plants. Me personally, I won't go down this route unless I absolutely have to, which I'm checking my plants pretty often so I can usually catch it at least in advance. So predatory mites can definitely help get rid of spider mites. Again, I haven't tried this, but when researching, I found a couple products that I linked to my blog. One was called predatory mite species for spider mite control. I don't know the exact name of it. The other one I'm not even going to try to pronounce what the name was, but it's in a little bag and it has little mites inside of this little bag and it can be used as a prevention measure and a solution to the problem as well. So predatory mites stay, at least the varieties that I found online, predatory mites usually stay on the plant because they want to be eating the spider mites and preventing the spider mites from going anywhere. So they're not really going to jump from like your plant to your couch or anything. So you don't really have to worry about that at least in this case. I know of some predatory mites for mealybugs that won't stay on your plant, and I didn't even recommend those because that's just too much stress. But for spider mites in general, these will typically stay on your plant. The brand of the first one is Nature's Good Guys. It's 2,000 live adult predatory mites, and they're teeny, teeny tiny. They have different sizes as well. And that Nature's Good Guys came up, that brand came up a lot when I was doing my research with trying to figure out what would work out best. And the little white packets of predatory mites that I was talking about as the other option was also a Nature's Good Guy brand too. But there were other brands as well. I found someone on, I I obviously follow many people on Instagram, but I have seen a few people that are using um, the white packets as well. I didn't see progression. They just bought them. But those are a couple options. To me, they would be last resort options. 
And if all else fails and you really just don't want to deal with it and your plant is just super sad, it's probably never going to come back, it might just be one of those things where you got to get rid of the plant. There are ways to prevent spider mites. They typically thrive in a hot, dry situation, so allowing for really good airflow and increased humidity while continuously checking on your plant to help prevent them to begin with are all good things to do. So regularly cleaning your plant's leaves is also a way to prevent spider mites from infesting the underside of the leaves because that's usually where you're going to find them. And just giving your plant the basic care it needs on a day-to-day, like watering properly, checking on your plant, fertilizing, all that good stuff is going to help prevent spider mites as well. If your plant is weak, pests will prey on it, so just keep that in mind. I also use a systemic insect control, which is a Bonide product also. I linked it on the blog. I've talked about this several times and even on my Instagram highlights, I know there's some information in there, but this is also a solution to help prevent pests. So this is applied in the plant soil. The plant takes it up and it becomes toxic to the pest that's sucking the sap out of the houseplant and it's absorbing that insect control, that systemic insect control. So hopefully it will kill them, prevent multiplication, and that's the whole point of using the systemic insect control. Hard to say all at once. Those are kind of ways to prevent it, many different ways, but in my experience, Spider mites have been my number one problem simply because we have winter and it's very dry in winter and I've noticed that my plants in my south windows are the ones that have spider mite issues because those windows are always warmer. So I've had them on my monstera, my philodendron, my fishtail palm, calathea, obviously. I have a couple calathea that are just struggling in general so that's probably why they're weaker plants. I've had it on the Bird of Paradise before. I don't know if I said Duranta, but on my Duranta and a palm that I had too. And the palm I've been struggling with for like a solid year simply because I've read that you're not supposed to use insecticidal soap and stuff on palms. I've used it anyways just to try it, but there's not a ton of other helpful ways to heal the palm then if I can't be spraying stuff on it. So anyway... The Duranta I've had issues with previously besides spider mites, so it feels like that just that thing is just going to be infested every year with something no matter what. My Monstera, I haven't seen spider mites on it in a couple months, but I chopped the crap out of it. You can actually see what I did with it in my Instagram highlights. I have a pest section on my Instagram highlight, and it does show how not pretty it looks now. And my fishtail palm actually had spider mites and I chopped it back as well. And I've taken it in the shower a few times and I only now see a couple of leaves with the spider mites on it. So I've just been cleaning it up, taking it in the shower with me because it's getting warmer outside soon. I'll be able to spray it down with the hose too. So that's my experience with it. It's one of my most hated pests for sure because I run into it the most. But if you catch it early, it is preventable. That is spider mites. All right, let's get into mealybugs. 
they look like little tiny pieces of cotton that are stuck on your houseplant. They are just another pest that sucks the sap out of your houseplant, again, just like a spider mite, and they're not harmful to pets or people. You know you have them when you find that little white cotton-looking thing, usually in the nooks and crannies of your plant. Not only can they be housed on the underside of leaves along the center of the leaf stem, they can also be housed in the little nooks and crannies where the leaf meets the stem. So sometimes it's a bit harder to find them, but they are bright white. You'll be able to see them. Treating them can be done in a couple of ways. They have that white coated material, almost a little fuzzy looking, which actually prevents water and some pesticides from harming them, which is nuts, but it's true. So the best way to treat mealybugs is actually removing them by hand. So taking an old paintbrush, a makeup brush, or even cotton swabs is the most recommended, and just dipping them in rubbing alcohol to remove them individually is best because then you know you're going to get them. Once they, you think they've been all removed or you don't see any where you're looking, I would recommend spraying an insecticidal soap or that water oil soap combination as a precaution to making sure there wasn't any remaining or any little babies that you're not seeing anywhere. And just repeating that process and hand removing the pests, spraying the insecticidal soap until there's really no evidence of them anymore. The prevention is going to be similar to the spider mite, so cleaning your houseplant leaves and stems, even in the little nooks and crannies, is going to help prevent that. Giving them the proper care always is going to help. If the plant is weak, the pests are going to prey on them, and using that systemic insect control is obviously also going to help since they're sucking the sap out of the plant. If they suck it up with the systemic insect control, then it will be toxic and kill them and prevent that multiplication. In my experience, this is probably on the top with spider mites of my most hated pests, simply because these guys give me the heebie-jeebies because they're just fuzzy and they're weird looking. <laughs> and they seem to be a little sticky, like they, you, you leave a residue behind and it just grosses me out. <laughs> and in my opinion, they're actually a lot harder to get rid of because it's not something like you could just spray down in the shower like a spider mite and you can get rid of because they're kind of resistant to it a little bit more. It's harder to get rid of on a plant with tinier leaves. So for example, I bought a prayer plant at a nursery and at the time I didn't see any issues. I always checked my plants ahead of time and after a few weeks I saw mealybugs collecting in the corners of the leaves so I tried cleaning it up but that didn't really work so I just had to end up throwing it and I think I kept it for a few months but I'm like forget it. It's never gonna happen. On the contrary, I had mealybugs on my monstera, which is a pretty pretty good size monstera. It has like fenestrations, the holes in the middle of the leaves, so it's a good size. And that was very easy to clean since the leaves and the stems are so big that there wasn't many places for those bugs to hide. Either way, preventing by just a regular cleaning is probably the best way you're going to prevent these from happening. Okay, let's move on to fungus gnats. <laughs> These are annoying little pests that look like tiny flies that crawl around your houseplants and one little adult fungus gnat can lay up to 300 eggs at one time. So they reproduce and they grow very fast. When they lay the eggs, the larvae, when they hatch, feed on the small tiny roots in the soil or if there's any rotting parts of your plant in the soil, they'll feed on that too. If it's not controlled, your plant might not grow to its fullest potential, and it may even start shedding its older leaves. And these are honestly more of a nuisance than they are anything. And they're not harmful to pets or people. They're just really annoying. 
I've seen a lot of reels and TikToks out there where it was like, show me you have houseplants without showing me you have houseplants. And then all of a sudden, someone's slapping their face because there's a fungus gnat flying everywhere. So these are really common. And I actually, I had gotten a question from someone on Instagram. She had tried almost everything and it still wasn't working. So let's go through how you know you have them, treatment, prevention, all that good stuff. So this is usually pretty easy to spot because there will be tiny bugs flying in the air around your houseplants and that's probably going to be fungus gnats. If you don't see them just freely flying like they usually do, try just disturbing the soil a bit and then if some fly up, it's more than likely fungus gnats. There are several ways to treat it. They thrive in moist soil and they lay their eggs in only moist soil. So if you have plants that allow you to let them completely dry out between watering, then you need to do that. That way it doesn't make it an inhabitable area for the larvae and it prevents the adult fungus gnats from laying eggs in the soil. Now if you have houseplants that need to be consistently moist, for example maidenhair fern, first try using the yellow sticky traps. These trap the adult flies and really kills them eventually and that way it prevents them from laying their eggs. If that's not working, working, you can try a soil drench, which could also be effective for killing the larvae. And there are a couple products out there that I found. One was called Go Nats, one was called Root Cleaner. I found them both on Amazon. Disclaimer, I have not used either of those, but that is what I found on some of the recommended products on Amazon. You could also use a neem oil drench as well. I would first allow the soil to dry before you do it, so that way it can soak up all the way through the soil with the drench solution. Another thing you can do is actually mix. There is a brand called Summit Responsible Solutions. It's Mosquito Bits. I know there are other brands out there, but this one I've actually seen on other houseplant Instagram accounts. But basically, you mix these little mosquito bits in the soil and it kills the larvae. And it's recommended to mix within the soil when you're planting or you can mix it on the top layer of the soil as well. If it's really, really, really bad, your only option might be repotting your plant with brand new soil. And that might be the best option if you're not getting any resistance with any of these other things. Not only do you need to replace the soil, you need to wash off the roots and wash the soil off the root system because you want to be confident that there's no lingering larvae attached to any of the root system because they do feed on it. Those are just some general ones. I've seen some other random things out there like putting cinnamon on the top of the soil and just random things like that. But this is probably the main focus that you want to kind of steer towards. There are also predatory mites as well for these. I don't have a link for that because I couldn't find anything directly, but there are also predatory mites for these as well. Prevention. Honestly, a lot of the treatment methods can also be prevention. Allowing at least the top couple inches of soil to dry out between watering, obviously depending on your plant, can absolutely prevent these bugs from laying eggs. If the soil is dry, they're not going to do it and that's just it, period. So if you're really worried about fungus gnats, you can actually probably use the mosquito bites in the soil also as a prevention. That way, if it does happen an infestation from the fungus gnats laying their eggs, wouldn't really get out of control because you have that method already placed into your soil. I believe it does have to be reapplied, but you would just have to read the instructions for that. In my personal experience, I actually haven't had any problems with fungus gnats because I allow my soil to completely dry out in between watering 
with almost all of my plants, not all of them, like Diffenbachia, for example. I kind of let it wilt and then I water it, which is not exactly healthy, but or Hoya in general too. There are some plants that need a bit more water than others, but a lot of my plants are planted in terracotta, so they dry out faster and I always mix my soil with some perlite. That way it does dry out quicker because I am not killing my plant by overwatering. If I'm killing my plant, it's always by underwatering. In really, really early spring, and I know it's early spring, but even like a month and a half ago, I repotted some elephant ear and caladium bulbs into pots with new soil, and I actually saw a few gnats flying around, and for the last maybe month or so, I haven't seen any of them, and that's probably because I keep my soil on the drier side. So another experience I had was actually, I was just checking on my mom's houseplants when I was visiting her, and I noticed in her gardenia pot, there was like, it looks like the soil was crawling, <laughs> and it was just infested with fungus gnats. And the soil was super moist, so that's probably why. But in that case, why we just nixed the whole plant. The gardenia wasn't doing great anyways, but the infestation probably wasn't helping either. So that is fungus gnats. Okay, the next topic of conversation is thrips, I believe is how it's pronounced. I have never had these. I've never seen these in the garden center or anything like that, but here is what I learned. They are a huge problem in the houseplant community. I've noticed everyone on Instagram is talking about them and the problems they have with them and the problems they cause. So they are just another insect that feeds on the leaves and flowers, and they look like tiny, thin, dark-colored bugs. I saw in the Complete Houseplant Survival Manual, they compared them to a sliver, a moving sliver. So that's what they'll look like. Sometimes you'll see thrips jumping or kind of flying from your houseplant or around your houseplant. And once you have an infestation or even just in general, you will notice sometimes a silvery line along your leaves where it sucked the sap from the plant kind of in a line shape or like a squiggly line or whatever. If the damage is bad, your leaves actually might begin to curl and the flowers may have really dark splotches on them. So that's a good indication, a few indications of if you have thrips. Treatment seemed to be fairly straightforward. So bringing your infested plants in the shower or spraying them with water can knock off the insect that's living on it, and they recommended doing it every few days. So some of the other plants, it was about once a week, but this one do every few days until there aren't any left. And if this isn't working or this isn't enough, you can use an insecticidal soap or the water-oil soap combination to further help get rid of them. Since they do jump around sometimes or even just bounce around or kind of fly around, you could use the sticky traps that you'll see with the fungus gnats, but thrips are actually drawn to a bright blue, so I would make sure to buy a blue instead of the commonly found yellow traps. Prevention is really similar to the other ones. Really regularly cleaning your houseplants' leaves can prevent them from infesting your plants. Again, weak plants, the pests prey on them. And using a systemic insect control can also help prevent them or at least minimize them and help prevent the multiplication of the plants. So that was what I learned about thrips. It doesn't seem too crazy. To me, it sounds like mealybugs might be harder to get rid of, especially in the little nooks and crannies, but it also seems like that they're hard to spot like spider mites. So just make sure you're checking your leaves and you're checking your plant to just prevent an infestation from happening. Okay, let's move on to scale. 
Not like the weigh yourself on a scale, 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 as in the bug. Scales are also sap-sucking insects that attach to houseplants, and they rarely move from a, that singular spot they attach them to once they get a bit older. So they're really easy to spot. They're usually like a brownish, orange, gray colored, and they almost look like an old rotting M&M shell. <laughs> so typically, you'll find them on the underside of leaves or attached to stems. They usually are attracted to ficus and ferns, but that's really not limiting. They're attracted to lots of different things, but you'll find them commonly on ficus and ferns. I remember when we were working at the garden center, I found them on a ficus lyrata, and the whole back of the leaf had little brown, it almost looked like halves of M&Ms stuck to the back of it. So that's how you know you have them. Treatment is actually similar to mealybugs, but it's basically taking a warm cloth with soap and water and removing the scale by hand. If you have a smaller plant with smaller leaves, you could use a cotton swab again or paintbrush or makeup brush as well. More than likely, the cotton swab is going to work better because these have that hard exterior. As they get older, they get bigger and that exterior gets harder, so it's a little bit more difficult to get them off. And I would repeat that process once a week until you really see no evidence of them anymore. And if that's really not working, you need help getting them off. Spraying insecticidal soap or neem oil can help remove them and eventually kill them. But that alone is not going to do it. Removing them by hand is really necessary. Prevention is the same as kind of the other ones. Regularly cleaning your houseplant's leaves can prevent scale from infesting your plant. And using that systemic insect control can also help or maybe even prevent the multiplication of the pests on your plant. So that is scale. All right, let's move on to aphids. These are disgusting, tiny, little yellowish white insects that are also sap-sucking insects that feed off your houseplants. And typically you'll find them on new tender leaves or even flower buds. So they're kind of similar to spider mites in the way they are shaped and the color, but they're a little bit larger and a little bit easier to see. They leave behind a sticky residue, kind of like the mealybugs do, and it's actually really gross. And it makes your leaves, your stems, and the surrounding area, including your pot sometimes, a little gummy. So gross. <laughs> so treatment if there isn't a large infestation, you can remove them from the flower buds and the newer growth that houses the aphids by using the cotton swab dipped in rubbing alcohol. But if you have a larger infestation, you can spray down your plant in the shower or outside with the hose just to dislodge most of them. And I would continue repeating that spraying down maybe once a week until you really see no evidence of them. On top of the spraying them down, I would also spray your plant with an insecticidal soap after you spray them with water or even a neem oil or oil water solution. That way it helps knock them off even further and hopefully kills any of the remaining pests. So prevention, also cleaning your plants and even the flower buds will help prevent it and just giving it the care it needs obviously will help it. Using the systemic insect control will also help it. One more thing you can do is actually just increase airflow. Aphids tend to thrive in warm, humid environments, so allowing that sufficient airflow will also help prevent aphids. In my experience, I have only run into this when I worked at the garden center. 
Because my house is typically drier, and especially since we have winter, it's always drier, I'm not really running into that problem as much. I remember our greenhouse at the garden center had really poor ventilation. It was always very hot and humid in the summer. So our hibiscus, Mandevilla, Diplodina, Duranta, there were some other ones, but hibiscus was always infested by the end of the season. So just something to consider. It seemed like it was attracted to flowering plants more than it was foliage plants, but again, that didn't stop it from spreading everywhere. I do remember being ha- it being on cordyline as well. Mostly spider mites were on cordyline, but I've seen it on cordyline, so it just depends on your situation. But if you live in the Midwest or somewhere where it gets cooler in winter and your winters are a bit drier, you might not have the problem, similar to like I don't, but spider mites thrive in hot, dry areas, so that's probably the problem you're going to have. All right, let's jump into the Instagram Q&A. So I asked followers if they had any specific questions they wanted me to address. I also asked my Patreon members as well, so it's not just an Instagram Q&A anymore. (laughs) I just got one question this time around, and I addressed it mostly in here, but there's a couple other things I wanted to point out. So the question was, is there a way to prevent pests before they appear? What's the best way? For example, spider mites. Thank you. This really depends on your plant, but making sure the plant is getting the care it needs is really the first step to having a healthy, non-infested plant. So understanding the environment it needs while still checking the leaves, branches, and or flowers if they have them to catch anything before it gets too bad. I also highly recommend using the systemic insect control simply because this could be a good preventative as well. It does need to be reapplied, so you just got to make sure you read the instructions for consistency Also keep in mind the systemic insect control is toxic, so just be careful. If you don't want to use something like that in your house, I wouldn't. Um, But then you really just have to make sure you're checking your foliage and your stems to make sure nothing is infesting those areas. Also, one thing people forget to do sometimes with the excitement of buying a plant is actually like checking the plant. It's not offensive to go into a nursery and look over the whole plant and look at it. So sometimes garden centers don't know that it has a problem and the problem could have arose from even before they got it. So checking the underside of the leaves, checking the stems, making sure there's nothing on there before you're buying the plant could really help you out in the long run as well. Typically, if you're bringing pests into your house, it's from those new plants. Even if you just allow it to sit on its own for a little bit before you jump it into the mix of all the rest of them, that would be ideal. That way it's not spreading whatever it has, if it has it, to your other plants. That's my recommendation for overall prevention. It's mostly just really taking care of your plants is the bottom line. All right, that is all I've got for today. Thanks for listening to episode 33 of Houseplant Homebody, all about pests and plants. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this podcast. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog tab, you'll find it there. Also, there are links to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC on my website. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're doing all the commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast my blog and social media posts. I love to hear from all of you and what you've learned through your own experience or through this podcast. And you can also help support your favorite podcast and blog by joining me on Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content, and exclusive podcasts. 
So your support means everything to me and I am very excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. And don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts and corresponding blog posts. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hello, as usual, I'm not gone. But I wanted to tell you guys on a more personal note, I have been a little MIA lately, if you haven't noticed. I mean, I've been posting during the week, but I haven't been posting as much as I would like to on social media. And I haven't really been MIA with these podcasts, but on social media, you might have noticed it. So this is because I have a few things going on in my personal life. I always like to share these things simply because it's just a good reminder that, you know, plants aren't my whole life, although they are a really big portion of it and I'm constantly thinking about plants but I also have a nonprofit called Live Love Donate that I run with my sister and we have a golf outing that we are hosting in a couple weeks and we have a lot of planning to do with that so we are working through that currently um, we weren't able to host it last year because of COVID so we're just trying to make sure everything is set and ready to go and nice and safe for everyone so that's really exciting so it's been a lot of work lately I also found out that my sister is pregnant with her second child so I have been trying to help out and visit when I can also my nine to five regular job has been pretty hectic so I'm just finally getting back into the groove of things there if you didn't know I work for Kohl's corporate so I think I've shared that before, but that's where I currently work. And that's kind of what's been going on. I just thought I'd let you guys know what's happening. It's always good to take a step back and kind of refocus on what's directly surrounding you. And instead of posting on Instagram and Facebook every day or posting on my story multiple times a day or whatnot, I just posted a few times a week. And I really wish I had the time to be doing this way more because I absolutely love it. And I love hearing from everyone and releasing a podcast every week would be amazing and eventually I'll get there but right now I'm really happy with how I'm able to balance everything and I really just want to remind everyone that it's okay to take a step back and come back to whatever you're working on later if you need a break. So hope you guys have a lovely week and I will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye!